from the creators of Relevant Magazine. This is the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, September 29th, 2017, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by sponsors that will appear later. Normally, the, <laughs> the sponsor thing goes right there, and it's weird to not say it. Um, joining me this week from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. On the Skype line, sitting in for the whole show from Los Angeles, California, John Christ is joining us this week. Lo- I can't be from Loverland, dude. I guess I'm from the City of Angels. Yeah, that's right. From the City I'll of Angels. It. Yeah. Um, and, and over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. Um, this is a weird show. Eddie's it off is. on assignment. Again, still in the hurricane pit that he dug. We can't, we can't get him out. Um, two... Uh, normally, we would have Tyler or somebody else on. We were having internet difficulties. <sighs> yeah. And so we just problems. said, get out of here. We're done oh, with really? you. Dude, that's where you're going to tell everybody internet difficulties? You for sure <laughs> fired that guy. <laughs> Tyler's gone. Tyler's gone. Cameron, you, you know how exasperated I've been this morning at Tech Problems. It's been quite the morning. Okay, first of all, I need to paint the picture for everybody. This is the last episode we will be recording from my son's playroom. Uh, tomorrow, we finally should, assuming they pass inspection today, move into our new studios in downtown Orlando. It's going to be great. New era kicks off. We've been doing the last three or four episodes from my kids' playroom. This is the last one. I'm very glad. It has just exasperated technical problems. Like, we literally set up a makeshift studio on the toy chest, and then there's, (laughs) like... I mean, this is, if you could see a picture, I'll probably take a picture of this. This is crazy DIY. This is how much we love you people. We do what we can to get this stuff out. But Jesse in Virginia, Tyler in Nashville, us here, nothing but tech problems over the last couple of days, and especially this morning. Yeah, I had, and not to name drop, but they, you ha- I have to do it because of like the nature of how fresh I was. We've, I've been working on getting this interview and talking with Russell Brand. You Russell guys know Brand. Russell Brand. Yeah, for, yeah. For, Never for, heard of him. For, for, <laughs> he, he, he is the star of my favorite movie, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, I mean, that's what the interview was about. It was a retrospective 10 years later. For you, sir. No, so, he, uh, so I had been working forever because he's been saying some interesting things lately. And we get on and we start talking. And, and first off, the interview is delayed because of tech issues. And so the, it's it, he's in London. I'm here in Virginia. I'm talking to his manager who is somewhere else. And they connect us to this third party uh, uh, conference call line it, so that me and him can talk one on one. And so we we start talking and we're getting into it and he launches i don't want to give too much away because it's probably end up in a, give, give, a, nice, give a little give a little bit because it's, it it's, it's, it's the moment that it happens is significant okay yeah so we start talking and i know that i want to talk i, I mean people who know relevant know what we we cover so i know i want to talk to him about his perspective on faith he he starts telling me that he thinks jesus the teachings of jesus have never been more relevant he's like he he's talking about how he's connected with them lately he's he tells me how every day he's been saying the lord's prayer and reflecting on things and uh then he he uh, um he says you know part of the thing that is really attracted him to the lord's prayer is the idea of the afterlife and the, thy kingdom come and what it looks like to restore the kingdom of god on Russell earth. brand is saying all this 
Russell Brand is saying all this. So right, and he's getting really excited. What and then all of a sudden, sound, you hear, on, what does it sound like when he's talking about Jesus like this? Oh, oh, you, oh! I'll, you'll find out in one sec. Because okay. right when we're talking about this, you hear. <laughs> boop. Now joining the call is Lisa from WGBM Management. <laughs> and then there's this long pause, and and then like she's like hi, and we're like. And Russell goes, and who might Lisa from WGBM Management be? She goes, I'm waiting on the line. And we're like, uh, there's something else kind of happening here. So anyway, she hangs up. And he goes, all right, so where, where was I? Oh, the kingdom of God in Christianity. <laughs> Hi, it's Ted from GB Media. <laughs> so anyway, he hangs up. Oh, and he man. goes, you know what, Jesse? I think everything in life happens for a reason. And I was probably getting too great grandiose with my thoughts about Christianity and Jesus. And I'm like, oh, what are you talking about? This is gold, man. This is the kind of stuff we did. This is like the, the interview that we're only going to get. Right. Like Russell Brand right. talks about embracing yeah. the teachings. And and now you're saying it's a sign from God that these people interrupted our conference call line and we got to reschedule the interview. It got me all frazzled, man. I don't know how I'm going to do this podcast today because I'm so frustrated by what just transpired. Oh, that's hilarious. So, so, so he jumps off and then like, are you going to reschedule with him? Yeah, we're planning on rescheduling for tomorrow, but uh, all I can say is I'm frazzled. The whole thing with Tyler, it's a whole frazzled thing. I just hope I can get in the rhythm of the show. I will say this, though, yeah. and Cameron, you're going to talk about what's coming up. What has me pretty jazzed is we talk, I, me and John were emailing earlier, and I was telling about the segment we have Name coming dropper, up. Name dropper, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay. And, and, and John, you, you, <laughs> yeah, John, Chris, and Russell Brand in the same day. It's been a big day for me, too. The, the be huge. Because John, your reply to the email was, this is literally my dream come true. It was, I yeah. couldn't tell if you're being sarcastic or if this segment that we have up is literally coming up. This literally something you've thought about for a long time. For sure. My dream come true. Well, you said we have, uh, we have a couple of people that are cracking jokes and then we have one like dating expert. I was like, Oh, That's I right. must be the dating. Am I the dating expert? <laughs> so what we have coming up later on the show is Andy Minio joins us. He has a, a new album out. Uh, he's in the current issue of relevant. Uh, he's joining us on the podcast today. And then we have a live interactive call in segment, uh, where we will give you relationship advice for your right. greatest, biggest, deepest questions. I mean, I'm an expert. I've watched a lot of Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, <laughs> and then Deb Folletta actually joins us. She's an actual counselor. She writes a lot for Relevant. She has a new book coming out called Choosing Marriage. She wrote uh, True Love Dates. Um, so she, there's going to be an expert and then us three knuckleheads <laughs> and actual people are going to call in. It's going to be a lot of fun. Ooh, wait, I didn't I didn't know about this Christian rivalry. We got True Love Waits and now True Love Dates. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Snap. That's right. So she's you can see what it. team we're on, too by the way. <laughs> John, do you consider yourself an expert on Christian dating? Or are you going to use the opportunity to ask the True Love Dates no. author Listen, your, no, your personal I will, questions? I will interject before he answers this. If you watch him on Instagram stories, he does deem himself an expert in the relationship scope of topics. I, I mean, yeah. He's yeah. always I'm, giving advice. I'm, I'm 33 years old. My longest relationship is a month and a half. But yeah, I am for sure an expert. <laughs> it's about, in your, in your line of thinking, it's about quantity, not quality. Exactly. Well, yeah, people are like, you're so afraid of commitment. I was like, dude, I literally had a snap streak with a girl that was 56 days. So don't talk to me about commitment. Okay. <laughs> 
Favorite. Well, John, you're you're you know your lifestyle too. You you just told us that you're about to be on the road. How long you're you're going to leave tomorrow? How long is your next tour? Like how long man, are you on the road for? I'm going out for like 45 days, man. Wow. Oh, how man. many how many shows is that? Or is that just like a uh, lot of time at Cracker Barrel? Yeah, if it's probably 30, 35 shows or something like that. Wow. Wow. Are you coming to Catalyst? Are you going to Atlanta again? No, dude, I'm not. I'm not coming to Catalyst, man. I got. I we we booked some dates kind of over top of it, and they were like, "Come back." And then I was like, "Ah, I can't really do it." Uh, what is your favorite? What city are you most looking forward to going? Or do you even look? Are you just like, I just show, just show up tomorrow, and you're going to be in another hotel room? Do you even look yeah, ahead? That's what, well, so that's what somebody told me. Like, that's what this is a problem I have dating where some girls like, I can't believe you're coming to. Omaha in February and you didn't even tell me. I was like, dude, I don't even know where I'm going next week. I have no idea that I'm coming to Omaha in February. <laughs> I have a question. We are on Skype okay. right now. I can see your room that you're in. Yeah. You can see okay. the playroom I'm in. I can see the room yep. you're in. There is over your left shoulder a wall <laughs> of hats, a wide variety of hats, not just not just caps but like fedoras and sombreros <laughs> just hats. sombreros and they're nailed to the wall like i i mean i'm telling you it is like almost like a wallpaper of hats oh my goodness and now he's re- he's moving the camera it is floor to ceiling <laughs> hats those are if you if you i don't know to what level you are a fan of mine but all those are are bits all those are videos oh, we've had the hats of videos, videos. Oh, so you're doing wow. a little john chris museum in your bedroom uh, it's, is that weird? I feel like, yeah, maybe. Well, you know, I mean, some, right? people, some people call it a shrine. Some people call it a museum. So do tomato, you give, tomato. you know, maybe, maybe after a day, you give a tour of the place. Let me show you. And this was from this video. That was from that video. Well, it's just like if just like when I was a kid, we would have like a bunch of stuff for like we'd have a like a literally a chest that we like dress up. You know what I'm saying? Where we have like a bunch of yeah. we'd have cowboy hats and suspenders and athletic jerseys and all kind of stuff. And we would always play like TV shows when I was a kid. So now whenever I want to do a bit, I'm just like, oh, I got I got I mean, I got all kind of like I got a stack of probably 50 like Christian t-shirts. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you want to, what do you want me to do with them? Like all these, all these, uh, these are the Instagrams and stuff that I've like been popular. Should I just throw them away? I mean, I don't well, know. I, John, I have a question about your Christian t-shirt collection. Yes, sir. Okay. So did they, did you, when you purchased them, when you came to acquire these Christian t-shirts, like a breadcrumb and fish, um, you know, uh, the, uh, well, the, you know, classic, the variety the, of the Jesus Christ or the original, you know, the, the, yeah. The, the classic, classic, yeah. classic yeah. yeah. The 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 borderline uh, uh, tr- trademark violation. Christian T-shirts, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, overtly, overtly. You know, the, I'll say this: God's law transcends trademark law. I've always said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've that's, always said that's that. in the message. <laughs> yeah, Eugene Peterson told me that. Um, so here's my question. <laughs> here's my question about that, John. When you bought those, were you did did you have the video in mind, or when you see a Christian T-shirt, you're like, is it? Are they like reverse engineered? Like this T-shirt, because I found this T-shirt, I got to make a video with it. Uh, yeah, they're probably. I no, I saw. I see the T-shirts first, but uh, I wouldn't say people usually at this point send them to me. But yeah. if I do buy one, I make sure I deduct that from my tithe, just so it's kind of yeah, like it's all going exactly. to the same spot. I mean, but. you're supporting a Christian company at that point. Yeah, right? you guys are. I like that you guys are laughing right now, but we're going to be standing next to each other in heaven, and a guy's going to tap me on the shoulder. He's like, "Hey, the only reason I'm here right now is because I saw your T-shirt." So I just want to say thanks. But yeah, no, keep laughing, guys. You keep know, laughing. I saw that Mountain Dew. I saw. I saw. I, I caught you. I was. I was an atheist.
atheist. I I yep. hated God. Then I saw you wear a, a T-shirt with a mock Mountain Dew logo that said "Do the Jew." And I, thought, <laughs> and I thought that's a little problematic and possibly anti-Semitic. But you know what? I'm going to rethink some of my life choices. Yeah. You're going to meet that guy in heaven. Speaking of t-shirts, are t-shirts must be a thing for you because over your right shoulder, I see a clothing rack of hung, on a hanger, hung t-shirts that are organized in such a way it looks like a gradiated spectrum or rainbow where all the olive t-shirts are together hmm. and then they transition oh, yeah. to another shape. You, are you a OCD? Because well, it, number one, uh, I didn't think I, my dirty laundry is going to be put out like this on the podcast. You're just like, <laughs> the, I was like, hey, it's like just audio, audio right? like, Yeah, we just need video like just randomly, and then I'm just getting destroyed. <laughs> yeah, it's, super it's like cribs. It's like Christian cribs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I am like super OCD. Like I can't do anything until everything's vacuumed and cleaned up and organized, dude. Yeah, well, that's interesting, John. I can't help but notice behind you. I'm assuming those are Odul's non-alcoholic beer bottles that you have back there. <laughs> oh, please, dude. No. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, uh, moving the show along. It's time for our look back at what happened this week in culture and entertainment. It's time for. In case you missed it. Uh, in case you missed it, uh, this week Jordan Sparks uh, snuck a subtle biblical message into her Monday Night Football uh, performance. Uh, so, following a weekend of protests and demonstrations by NFL players who knelt, held up a fist, or linked arms during the national anthem to raise awareness about racial injustice, um, uh, Sparks opened the Cowboys Cardinals game. And when the camera zoomed in on her, it showed on the hand that was holding the microphone, she had a verse reference written on it Proverbs 31, 8, and 9. The verse reads, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. So there you go. That was, uh, what kind of liberal book did that come from? <laughs> what, 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 what lamestream media outlet wrote that? <laughs> a little, throwing a little Jesus shade there at the national yeah. anthem. <laughs> I, in case you missed it, big news this week. Um, this is huge. This is a big one. Um, uh, I mean, everyone's talking about it. Uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines announced that the fifth mm. season of their show, Fixer Upper, will be their last. It came out last <laughs> night on their Facebook page. In a statement, they explained, uh, while we are confident that this is the right choice for us, it it uh, has for sure not been an easy one to come to terms with. We would be foolish to think we can go and go and fire on all cylinders and never stop to pause. Our family is healthy and our marriage has honestly never been stronger. This has nothing to do with a fraudulent skincare line or anything else you'll inevitably read. This is just us recognizing that we need to catch our breath for a moment. Our plan is to take this time to shore up and strengthen the spots that are weak, rest the places that are tired, and give lots of love and attention to both our family and our businesses. There you go. Can I, can I say one interesting thing about that statement? <laughs> If he hadn't thrown in the fraudulent skincare Skin thing, I would have never assumed that. <laughs> I know. That's true. Like, what? Like, I would have just thought, like, that the last is like, oh, well, now I'm Googling a Chip and Joe fraudulent skincare line. Yeah. It's like, if you just wouldn't have said that, no one would have thought that was the reason. Now it's all I'm thinking about. They got in deep. This has nothing to do with Chip streaking outside of a Burger King. It's <laughs> nothing to do with that. <laughs> okay. Okay. I wish, honestly, I'm proud of them for doing this. I mean, it really did catch a lot of people off guard. Um, but we have uh, Chip in our in the next yeah. issue of Relevant in November, and uh, we just had the interview recently. But before this news came out, and he was already talking about the show in the past tense, and we didn't yeah. catch it 
but now we, you know, now we see, oh, yeah. we're reading the interview totally differently, knowing what he knew then, you know, um, it's really fascinating. I honestly, I'm proud of him. I, I wish more pastors would do this. I mean, how many people, yeah. especially in the ministry who are out in front and they're having to give, 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 go, 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 you know, they flame out, they burn out, their families fall apart. I mean, I'm proud of them. I think, I mean, after, I mean, for me, I went on a sabbatical over the years. I mean, I've, this is restorative and it's important and I wish more leaders or people who are out in front would do it. Um, I'm proud of them. Good for them. I think uh, what I'm just concerned about uh, you a little bit, Cameron, that uh, what circles are you running in that this is everything people are talking about? <laughs> I I watch a lot of HGTV. And, <laughs> okay. and, I mean, you're talking like 20, 27 hours a week. Yeah, I, uh, he's into it. You're in deep, man. You're in deep. Uh, I, I'm on all the blogs. I have the Google alerts. Um, it's all anybody's talking about right now. Is a you, chip, you know chip what I JoJo. regret about our Chip Gaines interview because I was actually rereading this morning because we're getting ready to send the mag out and he says a lot of interesting things about work-life balance and some things that now in context is like, oh, wow, I really regret I didn't ask him about a fraudulent skincare line because my <laughs> curiosity is peaked. Very peaked. And you know what? If they had, like, I'm such a, <laughs> I'm such a big fan of the show. I'm a big shiplap guy. Anyone who knows me knows that. Um, I would buy fraudulent skin. I would buy skincare products from them, fraudulent or not. You know, 100%. I'm, I'm understanding now you know hindsight's twenty twenty. I've looked at Chip, uh, watched on HDTV, you know, a four K screen. I've thought that guy's probably using fraudulent skincare. That does he, not seem it right. Doesn't, it does doesn't seem, seem right. like a good complexion. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know if we ever. This is not a, a topic that you guys have ever discussed. Well, it probably is, but can we get some? You know, how like NFL has like power rankings. We need like Christian celebrity power rankings. That's dude. right, <laughs> dude. It just no. It honestly just came out. We reported in the last issue of the magazine some. Somebody did a national like survey of the most popular yeah. Christian celebrities and the number one most popular Christian celebrity in America was Chip Gaines. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Dude, that guy's the man, dude. <laughs> yeah. He's a man's man. He loves his wife. He's a great father. You know, <laughs> I, I just one. can't get over the fraudulent. Like, I feel like it's like when a pastor steps down, they're like, we just want to let you know it wasn't an affair. Everyone's thinking <laughs> it's definitely a fair. Like, you wouldn't have said that. You wouldn't have said I it. Just thought, I just thought you needed a break. That's it. You yeah, know, I wouldn't have yeah, thought it unless you put it there. Well, now we want to know more. Uh, hey, in yeah. case you missed it this week, Chance the Rapper talked worship, prayer, and church on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. We got called, called out on Twitter. Chance came out uh, this week and said, "Tomorrow, you know, tonight, tune in. I'm going to be on Colbert with a new song. And uh, we got called out on Twitter. People, A lot of people saying, uh, you know, if I was a betting man, my money would be on the fact that this Stephen Colbert, Chance the Rapper mashup would uh, hey. appear on the Realm podcast this week. So guess what? Yeah, you got us. So what? It's well, important. Well, but here's the thing. I, I was going to pull it from the lineup until I listened to the clip and I'm like, there's no way we don't play yeah. this. So he, when he went on the late show, uh, he he performed a new song, Untitled, with Daniel Caesar. Uh, but then he also discussed faith growing up in the church and the power of singing here is a clip. Can I ask you about um, your relationship to your faith in the church growing yeah, up? You, you said that uh, singing is praying twice. Yeah. What, do you, what do you mean by that? Um, well, I mean, it's always great to pray. And when you worship in song, there's just, I don't know, this, uh, you just, you're able to do it with much more fervor, or at least I am. I think I thought I sounded poetic when I said it. And now when you're asking me about it, I'm like, I, just, yeah. I don't know. I, I, to, me, to, to me, it means the words have their own meaning, but the expression of your heart comes through 
in the sound in ways that the words cannot capture. The same way that the parables of Christ tell a story that cannot be told or a lesson that cannot be told in any other way, the sound of the song speaks in a way that words can't reach. Come on, Colbert. That's what it meant to me. That's why we're friends. <laughs> You're right, Twitter. We you should have played that. This isn't good I at all. I still do go to church. Do you still go? With, is your grandmother still with us? Yes, my grandmother is still with us. She uh, calls me a lot, and uh, I always try and pick up and have some fun little conversation. But yeah, we all still go to church. Do you have a favorite hymn when you go to church? Something that yeah. you'd like to actually transform yourself into, put a beat to, or something like that? <clears throat> yeah, I love all my favorite. Cool my Cole favorite hymn is uh, is this is the day. I don't know that one. This is the day. This is actually I have a better arrangement. The Lord has made that one. The Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. Yeah. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, rejoice, Mm. and be glad in it. That's my that's my arrangement of it. There you go. Oh yeah. How will we not? play that <laughs> right <laughs> what kind of magazine that covers the intersection of faith and culture will we be if we don't have a late night host preaching a mini sermon and chance the rapper rearranging one of the most famous christian songs of all time the come only on, thing on, the only thing that would have made that clip more us is if chance had a, a breadcrumb and fish t-shirt on <laughs> that's, yes that's, <laughs> and, and we had russell brand talking about a newfound appreciation for jesus that would have been great Hey, in case you missed it this week, George Clooney wrote a prayer for America. The actor and activist penned a brief but poignant prayer for the United States for the site, The Daily Beast. It read, I pray for my country. I pray that we can find more uh, that unites us than divides us. I pray that our nation's leaders want to do the same. I pray that young children like Tamir Rice can feel safe in their own neighborhood. I pray for all of our children. I pray for our police and our first responders. I pray for the men and women of the armed services. I pray that dissent will always be protected in this great country. I pray for a more perfect union. And when I pray, I kneel. Uh, What the prayer doesn't say is that he's uh, praying to Buddha. But, um, you know, other than that, it would really clarify things if a celebrity of his caliber, when he posts a prayer like this in the image, is wearing a Christian T-shirt, just so we know, we just so we know who he's it. praying to. I got a, uh, I got a T-shirt out here. It's, it's, it's the Warner Brothers logo, and it says, if you see the devil, warn a brother. <gasps> no. Oh, my God. Oh, Please tell me you own that. I for sure own it. <laughs> hey, uh, this week, in case you missed it, Chris Stapleton and Justin Timberlake uh, performed an incredible live version of Sometimes I Cry. Uh, so during uh, JT, that's what I call him, his headlining set of the Pilgrimage Music and Cultural Festival on Saturday night, Chris Stapleton joined him on stage for an extended guest appearance, which culminated with the duo both showing off their range on the bluesy anthem. Uh, here is a clip. for the ladies <laughs> yeah they're just getting ready for the segment later just getting those you know dude those romantic that's, thoughts that's going to be my advice to every girl just uh play that song just go to a jt concert 
I, uh, I bought like when he was on his last tour, the 2020 tour, uh, tickets went on sale and I got the Amex like presale opportunity. And so I, I, I snatched up two really good tickets and they, the, the show was like nine months away. And I was like, I mean, I don't have anybody to take, but maybe in the next nine months, I'll have somebody I could take, right? Surely, so, if I have a year to get a date lined <laughs> right. up. A year to get a date lined up, and I got good JT tickets. I mean, who would say no to that? Uh, right. t- two days before the show, I had to uh, sell them on StubHub. Uh, uh, <laughs> so I made I made uh, $1,800 uh, on StubHub on those two tickets. So wow. What? It was like, yeah. Wait, oh my, my, my only question is, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go by to this by yourself? Uh, that or eighteen hundred bucks? Nah, I'm you good. You for sure go by There's yourself. So dude. much. I I I'm blown away by that. I know it was great. That's crazy. I was, I was very happy at my loneliness. Yeah, well, that was a great investment. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay. think about think about if I had somebody to take, I would have been. I wouldn't have made the eighteen hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. But listen, you got to think about you, you got to think about this dilemma, like. Uh, if you like yeah, a girl was like, Hey, I could go. And then you, and then you got the $1,800 offer. You're like, is this girl worth? Right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a tough, that's a tough situation. I sat, I sat at home and was happy. I mean, I was, I was good. I watched a little You're HGTV. Like, I was like, this is a good if night. Someone's going to offer you like 900. You'd be like, yeah, you know, the girl's worth I mean, let's do the math here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But 1800. Yeah. <laughs> John, but in your scenario, you said you would have definitely got like, I, I'm not saying that you would have had a, a problem lining up a date, but what I'm saying is if you're in camera scenario, nothing, you know, you didn't have a date, the show night comes and you really want to go. You say that you would go. So here's my question for you. Do you go and do you just enjoy the luxury of having two seats to yourself? <laughs> or do you scalp one out on the sidewalk and probably get haggling with someone knowing that awkwardly you're going to be standing next to that very person for the entire evening? Which scenario do you take? Yeah, because there's always like the bargain outside in the street is always like, well, yeah. like I'm poor, like I can't really afford it. I'm this, I'm this. And then you're sitting next to him. This guy's like crushing beers like wait i thought you said you only had $100. you've already spent 300 in alcohol this is that i don't get no yeah so one way it's awkward that you make a lot of money but it's going to be weird because or it's you're you're the guy who was like jacking up the price on him like right. look buddy yeah. i can sell it any person walking down the street would love to go to the concert so either way it's gonna be an awkward night for you or like i said you just eat the cost and enjoy the luxury it's like sitting on a plane when no one else is in your row yeah. at the concert so you stretch you know? out you could lay down. If I mean, you that's, want a, to. that's a lot of money. But I, I mean, I did. I will tell you that one time I went, I was working in Vegas for like, uh, I was like three weeks. And then uh, I was off one night and that Celine Dion concert. And I was like, secretly, I was like, I would love. And I went and I, I, I went by myself. And of course, my buddy's like, dude, what are you doing? I was like, I'm watching the game. Like, you don't obviously tell anybody that's what you're doing. Yeah, no, but I, went, I went by myself and I'm not making I'm not exaggerating this at all. I, it felt like it was just me and her in there. Oh, no. <laughs> that's why that's honestly why I didn't want to go to the JT concert by myself. I didn't want to feel like it was just me and JT. And I knew that yeah. would happen and uh, yeah, I got I do have a date tonight thank you very much his name's Justin Timberlake and we're gonna have a lovely evening so just don't worry about it I got, I got my dude the Jew shirt on it's gonna be great the lives are gonna be changed tonight it's a whole thing people, so just, people in the section will for sure will be looking at camera like is that guy crying right now by himself <laughs> yeah I didn't want to be the guy with the empty seat and, and just kind of wearing wearing my nice shoes and just you know like a nice you know night what? out I didn't want to I didn't want to be that guy and so well, I you, could just, you could have just done it like 
like the whole time you were like the people around you like she's like she's on the way she had to like work late she's, no, she's coming <laughs> like, she's not. and then I got and stood I, up and then they're all sad about me I don't yeah. Yeah. Maybe, no, then yeah. maybe you leave go to a different section that's what I would do <laughs> <laughs> you still gotta have some dignity you need to leave before the end of the concert or else you're gonna yeah, look bad sure. so. <laughs> you guys have it all see uh, that's a little foreshadowing of the relationship advice segment that'll be coming up later on the show today <laughs> all right well that'll do it for in case you missed it stay tuned up next slices Listening to Foster the People with their uh, new song "Sit Next to Me." I've tried that line; doesn't work. <laughs> At the uh, beginning of the podcast, you heard "Slow Magic" with the song "Mind" featuring Kate Boy. This week's slice of segment is brought to you by Tracker. Uh, I literally use Tracker every day. We're all looking for something, whether it's love or purpose or unforgettable experiences. Uh, but for most of us, we're just looking for our keys. And with Tracker <laughs> Pixel, you never have to worry about losing your things again. Tracker Pixels are these little things that you can like attach to your wallet or your keychain or your uh, cat's collar via Bluetooth and the tracker app. You can uh, find your stuff. There's like a 90 decibel alert that, you know, will help you find it in seconds. Literally while we've been working here from the house, I've had to use my tracker to find my keys and wallet multiple times. So the entire staff can vouch for how effective they are right now. Tracker is offering Roland podcast listeners a special offer. You can go to the tracker.com and enter promo code relevant to get 20% off any order. That's the tracker.com promo code relevant. And it's T R a C K R.com promo code relevant to those. Can you put those on uh, a LaCroix or no? Uh, it's like a little, uh, a little fob and it has like a, like a string attached now. So you can just like stick it in your wallet, but you like, it can like uh, clip onto your keychain. So I don't know that you'd want to like stick it to a LaCroix, although I, you can get some two sided <laughs> tape, I guess. Yeah. I there would stick it to the bottom one. If I know if anyone's taken, if I see someone taking a sip, I blast them with 90 decibels. <laughs> see how they like that. Get your own, get Come your on. own it's refreshing, like a, crisp. It's got like a whoopee cushion. A little prank action. You're just <laughs> you're just blasting ninety decibel alerts. Hey, as look, people an take unopened your... Lacroix right there. I'll just help myself. Boop. It's like when you see a hundred dollar bill on the ground. You're like that. I don't. I'm not, I don't trust that. I'm not touching that. <laughs> All right, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, so I've I've been fascinated by a story that's kind of made its way through the sports world for a while, but it's having sort of a pop culture crossover moment. Of course, I'm talking about the increasingly popular belief that the world is flat and uh, that that we don't live on a sphere, that that is a global conspiracy to brainwash people and that we live on a flat earth. Uh, you know, we had Kyrie Irvin for, you know, now the Celtics this week. He this week he backtracked on I that. I think he's Irving Kyrie Irving. Irving, yeah, Kyrie Irving. Uh, we had uh, Sammy Watkins this week came out as a flat Earth truther. He's the receiver for the Los Angeles Rams. Didn't Shaq uh, come out as a flat earther during the playoffs? I think he took it back though. 
Oh, did he he yeah. took it back. Him and Kyrie both have kind of walked it back after they've seen the criticism, but they seemed pretty for real at the time. Either, either way, there's a whole, there's a flat earth society, um, that, uh, of people that, that, you know, talk about this online. And, and we've mentioned it before, but it, it took a big leap this week when rapper B.O.B., uh, who is a, a hardcore scientist. flat earth. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Scientist. He's a hardcore scientist. <laughs> <laughs> so he's actually gotten to some high profile disputes with Neil deGrasse Tyson about this. He he actually <laughs> he released a, a Neil deGrasse Tyson diss track, which is the dorkiest Ooh. diss track of Wait, all time. Are you being serious? Uh, this is the news. This is no, for real? no, that's not the news. Oh, I thought you were ma- you you were making a joke. Just no, then. he actually no, released real. a Neil that's deGrasse a real, Tyson diss track. track. What? What? I don't know about Chip and Joanna Gaines quitting their show, but I know about the diss track. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So the the news <laughs> the news is that he Bob is so tired of people giving him a hard time of having to diss Neil deGrasse Tyson um, uh, of of trying to expose this conspiracy that he's taken the leap that he has launched a GoFundMe campaign in an effort to raise one million dollars to launch quote multiple satellites that he will put into space with cameras on them so that he can prove that the earth is flat. Now, <laughs> now from what I understand, the, the, I don't know exactly how he arrived at the price tag of $1 million. I thought it would be more to launch multiple satellites into space, but apparently it was somewhat arbitrary. Um, but GoFundMe has, <laughs> after some people raised concerns about this, has actually uh, suspended his campaign. He sus- they suspended the campaign, even though they admitted it didn't violate any of their terms of use. <laughs> so they're basically making up a terms of use to stop B.O.B.'s campaign. It's not that big a deal right now because it's only raised a few hundred dollars. But I think this is a huge mistake on GoFundMe's part because it huge. only furthers the conspiracy. <laughs> it only furthers like, see, this is how afraid the global elites are that GoFundMe shutting down my campaign is not to blow the lid off this flat earth thing. I say, <laughs> let the campaign go. If he takes the million dollars, if B.O.B. takes the million dollars and just rides off into the sunset, like, and he doesn't spend a, a dime on global satellites, then it's you're a sucker for giving it to him in the first place. In my mind, that's money well spent if you, if you want if you need that proven. But GoFundMe has done nothing at this point but to heighten the global conspiracy that they're trying to hide something. I say let him shoot the satellites into space. Let people donate the million dollars. I'm actually kind of curious if he can pull it off. Hold on, I'm fascinated by this. This is if people don't know who Scientist Bob is, this is what he's best known for is uh, this dissertation. Yo, check it. I'm B.O.B. laying down the track here to tell y'all that the earth is really flat. (laughs) (laughs) That was the the worst rap I've ever heard. Hey, Hey, can I just say this? I'm convinced. <laughs> what? What, satellite, what satellite can he launch for a million dollars? I mean, I think it's satellites are like, you know, like 50 million a launch sort of a thing. <laughs> it's clear that he, it's clear that he arbitrarily landed on a million dollars for the campaign. I just appreciate that people started giving him the money. And because some people are like, you know, he's just going to take this money and do nothing with it. And I say, I you know what? Good for BOB. This, if this has been a long con, if this has been like years ago, he's like, I got this plan. I'm going to become a high profile flat earth uh, advocate. I'm going to release a diss track for Neil deGrasse Tyson. 
And in like five years from now, I'm going to be so deep into this that people are going to give me a million dollars to launch yep. satellites. I'm just going to keep it. Good for him. It's a brilliant long con and I respect and him listen, for it. Yeah, go on GoFundMe and look at all the terrible things like coffee bean roasting, like whatever terrible <laughs> ideas people have. That is by far the best thing on GoFundMe, I promise you. Is it, in, in this, isn't that the site where everybody who like wants to start a nonprofit or they want missions trips funded and stuff, they go on there too? GoFundMe is one yep. that you can take whatever is given to you. Like you don't have to hit your mark in order to get the money. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's why yeah. people use it as opposed to uh, Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Right. Oh, that's... F- yeah, because he ain't making that if money. If you're telling me that I that for the, for the same $100, I can pre-order like a useless product, like a, like a hoodie that has Bluetooth speakers built into the hood or whatever kind of garbage <laughs> you see out there, or, or I can get BOB $100 closer to his flat earth satellites, it's a clear decision. <laughs> I'm going BOB here. <laughs> Yeah, I think the I uh, just to bring uh, uh, John's joke that you stepped all over home. This was definitely the forum for uh, Chip Gaines's downfall with the fraudulent skincare line. This <laughs> is GoFundMe efforts. Hey, uh, um, John, do you have a slice today? We're we're down a man, so you got to bring slice, a, man, double, yeah. a, a double whopper here. Wait, I don't know. It's I got a slice. It's from my own Instagram, though. Is that it's news, though? It's news. <laughs> Good, I, bring it. You're breaking it, is what I'm hearing. Okay. Yes. All right. So we had a dis. I so I scroll Instagram a lot, and I see Cameron. You could probably help me with this, and the other guys. I don't know what your relationship status is. So, and you're taking a photo yeah. with your significant other. Say it's a girlfriend, a date, a wife. The guy is traditionally taller. He has his arm on her shoulder, right? Okay. It's been about and five then, years since I've taken one of those. I don't know. I forget. Okay. Well, the, I see the, you see these all the time. And the woman, it goes arm around the waist of the guy. Yep. And then she has her opposite hand that she doesn't know what to do with. And I've seen it increasingly on social media where she would place the hand on the guy's like chest or yep. like abdomen. Have you seen this move? Yeah, it's the solar plex move right in the middle, <laughs> right in the middle is where I see it sometimes. Yes. OK, so I was just curious about this. I, I, I polled everybody and I've, I've said, hey, what women, what is the deal with this? Like what what is the move here with the hand on the chest? Is and it like he's of, mine? Is it like a possession? Well, all right. So that was the, my first guess. I said it was a possessive type thing. Yeah. And like then, ladies, hands off me, hands on. Yeah, like this is my man. Yeah. And, and that's what I first guessed. Yeah. And then the second guess was uh, that it was something like to show off a ring or like a pedicure or something like that or a manicure. Uh, a manicure. Right? I think uh, the pedicures are <laughs> on the other weird. appendages. Yeah, those are on the, I don't know which one's which, yeah. but neither of those is actually true. Does anybody have a guess as to why women do that? John, I'm going to just call, your, call you right there. Uh, a man who goes to see Celine Dion by himself knows the difference <laughs> between a pedicure and a manicure. I'm sorry. And I will fair. say this. Fair. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say this. I, I think it is a, a a manicure thing because I saw when Joanna Gaines launched this fraudulent skincare line, a lot of pictures with her hand prominently on chips. Uh, a lot of blotchy, blotchy yeah. uh, hand shots that she yeah, did. Clearly, but, clearly it, it, it irritated her skin. Yeah. The skincare well, there was stuff. a close up before and after. Yeah. So we saw that. Oh, okay. This, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, what, what is that? What is the answer? The answer is either a, neither a nor B it's actually C where a woman would position herself differently to appear to be thinner. Oh, like sideways. Hmm. Yes. Ah. Oh, the profile. 
So why I can't? But why, but, why did, but why does she have to put the hand? Well, this is another question for for uh, the segment coming up later. But yeah. uh, but why yes. does a hand have to be elevated? Why can't she just have it on her side and still stand sideways? Because she is she oh, like she's standing. Uh, no, that sounds like a prom pose or something. Yeah, like that's that. true. It does sound yeah. like a prom pose. But you never yeah. know where to go as it because it gets too high up on the chest, or is it you can't go like stomach because like he's not expecting, right? <laughs> <laughs> it does, yeah, at that point, you're going to pregnancy announcement picture, mode, yeah, right. you know, a dual gender swap thing. I mean, maybe if you just left Chipotle or something, but yeah, you wouldn't do the stomach, I don't think. <laughs> little food baby. The, the other most awkward, the other most awkward couple pose, and I think this is a Christian culture thing. I, I'm sure there's been people who have noted it before, is the hover hands hug, where it, this is where yeah. you see a guy, and maybe these are like two, he's been friend zoned by a couple girls, but they want to take a picture with him, and he's got his arm around them, but he's, he's leaving a good two inches of just air between what? him and their back. You I guys have seen that. Back. Not like the oh, shoulders, yeah, yeah, but like yeah, yeah. behind. Yeah, you don't see it in the yeah. picture. But yeah, Sometimes he's definitely do. not touching the back. He's just kind of yeah. like, it's here, but I, I, I'm not my question to is, you. my question is, if you're going hover hands, yeah. why even, ha- why not just have the hands at your side? <laughs> well, because, I don't know. That's yeah, that's true. Hey, you yeah. got to put it on. What authority are you speaking, Jesse? I don't know. Where, how are you seeing this? But okay. My thing is, if you have your hands, uh, let's say you, you have a friend who is of the, of the opposite gender and you want to take a picture, you know, to, to, you know, oh, we had a, a, a great search service tonight or whatever. Why put your hand around them if you're gonna if you're gonna leave it at like two inches of yeah. nothing between it? At that point, there's no point in it. Like you're not you're just displaying like, any sort of affection. Just put your hand awkwardly at your side because what you're doing with I'm, the hover hand is way more awkward. I haven't done that with the opposite gender. I've done it with when guys like John Chris come through the office and we take oh. a picture real quick. <laughs> I kind of you stand in, you, you 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 cluster, and then the arms are behind the guys. You don't want to like put it in yeah. the small of their back. So you just got a hover hand. Yeah. I, I usually do it with other guys. Otherwise you're looking just like, we're just standing there looking like we're on the cover of a Weezer CD. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> That's true. I, John, next time you come through the office, here's what's going to happen. Let's Cameron is going to unawkwardly put his arm around you and touch you like an actual human being does. Uh-huh. And good. two, you are going to put your hand on his stomach and it's going to be a lovely portrait. <laughs> and John, you're going to look pretty thin in it too. So. Well, I, I like that. I like that. I'm going to shape myself coming. correctly. I like it. All right. Well, you know, that's uh, a, a non-traditional slices segment. I like it. It's a little, a little uh, news from Jesse. And a little <laughs> Instagram observation from John Crest. Okay, well, it's, well, it's, it's a poll from John. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's yeah. a poll. Yeah. Do you? Okay, John. I actually have noticed that in your Instagram stories, you will you will um, vent about quirky things or things that frustrate you, usually yep. from your car while yep. you're driving. Yeah. No, that's not true. Okay, parked. Yeah, I feel like you're parked and then you're not parked and then maybe you're parked again. I like. I feel uh, like I see some movement. I don't know. Okay, so like if I let's say for example I'm I'm sitting like right here like doing an Instagram story. It's yeah. like okay, this was like official. He like sat down. He has notes. He's like presenting a thing. But if yeah. you're in your car or walking, it's like oh, he just randomly like thought about this. It's right. not like a thing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So the least. The least formal of the setting, the yeah. better off it's going to be. Well, the other thing that I think is interesting about when you go on your your Instagram story runs is you got the time limit on Instagram stories, and so like yeah. you're doing like a part one, part two, part three, there, blah, 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 which reminds me of Twitter. Like when people would go on the longer you know runs on Twitter, it'd be like one of two, one of three, one of four, one, you know, or yeah. two of three. 
Now, obviously, big news this week. Twitter just went to 280 characters. What are y'all thoughts? It's already there? Wait, it did? It's already done? Uh, I mean, they they rolled it out globally, and they've pretty much said, this is what we're going to do. I mean, I read that they were doing that. I didn't know it had already happened. Wait, hold on. Pause. So, Cameron, in... All your in case you missed it, you covered all that other stuff and not Twitter. This is the most important thing. I would just say this. I didn't write in case you missed it. I'm just the messenger of in case you missed it. Oh and it goodness. just dawned on me right now that this changes my entire this life. Is your slice. Yeah. This is yeah. my slice. Well, yeah. Hey, by the way, Twitter's going 280 characters in the yeah. Well, well the, the great thing about it was Jack Dorsey, the head of Twitter's like announcement. And he was like, I'm so proud of our team of engineers who have finally figured out a solution to the problems everyone's been facing. I'm like, they took your team of engineers to figure this out? Like literally just allowing more characters? Also, I think it totally ruins Twitter. I do too. Like, it turns into Facebook posts now. I mean, it's yeah, like, exactly. I think the, the having to craft your message, the brevity of it was part of the beauty of the platform and now people can be verbose and just just stick extra unnecessary words in it i just think it won't be as sharp as it used to be it's a bummer i saw a couple retweets of jack dorsey's statement which he released in 280 character you know in a 280 character tweet and they easily easily edited it down oh i saw that the current character count 240 characters and it was sharper and better written as 140 characters. You know, the the edited version would have been a better. Yeah, tweet. when I saw when I saw the news, I was like, "Oh, TLDR, this is uh, 300 characters. <laughs> almost 300 characters. You can, well, I don't have time for this. You know, like I barely have time to read an entire tweet as it is. I just look for keywords, and that's how I learned my news. So this is this ruined right. everything. I think say what you want about uh, Vine, but some of those early vines were fantastic, man. Oh, unbelievable. I mean, right. literally, it's an art form to craft the humor in six seconds. Right. And it's an it art form genius. to communicate effectively in 140 characters. I don't think I've seen a Viner since Vine ended that's actually funny, like in long form videos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. John, what was your favorite? Can you recall your favorite Vine of all time? I know mine. Oh, man. Uh, I've said so many. There's, uh, there's one kid... His, his name is Regal Joe. I mean, it's not going to make any sense when when I say it back to you, but he's just like this like punk. He's like the problem with Vine was is that my buddy was big on Vine. He said everybody, all the creators were like in there, like getting up to like their mid thirties, but the audience was all high school kids. So like you know when you come into homeroom late and it's a dude like that's forty. It's like, why, are you, why are you making this joke? <laughs> <laughs> my favorite was the uh, the clip of the uh, the the funeral where the uh, yes. pastor throws the the, the the dove and the dove. Oh yes, yes, yes. Fl- yeah, he releases dude. the dove and it falls to its death. And there's a thud and somebody groans as it hits. And it's the perfectly timed six second clip. And I'm just going, this is masterful because if you've seen the longer clip on YouTube, it's not nearly oh, as not funny. Nearly yeah. as funny. No. Yeah, because right when it gets right when the joke is ended, it's literally loops and starts right back up again. Right. I thought personally about that clip probably more than anything ever on the internet like and I, I don't know if I talked about this before but did the pastor who had the dove in his hand did he know did it die in his hand right did I want to know at what point did the dove crush died it? Be- like yeah, when did, he picked he, it out of the box, was it kind of already limp? Yeah, or did and he, he pick it, it up um, and he's like, like, okay, f- I got one move here. Yeah. I got one move. I'm going to, th- because he launches that dove. Well, he he, he throws it. it as high as he can. Because I think in his mind is, 
He knows the dove is dead. You think and so? And in his mind, if, if oh, I wait. throw it high enough, no. if I throw it high enough, no one's going to notice. I think, like, I'm going to throw the dove into the clouds. I think it was alive when he picked it up. He was talking. He's holding it in his hands. He's a little nervous because it's a live animal. He squeezes a little too hard. He doesn't realize how hard he squeezes, but you know he's going to launch it to kind of give it that boost. It's almost like when you got to pop a clutch in your car to start your car. Like it's like <laughs> I think he thinks is that if I throw it far enough, you know, it'll spread the wings and it's going to click back into shape. You know what I mean? I think he was popping the clutch on the bird. The bird fell down. <laughs> oh, no. I think we well for sure he kn- he knew something. He's like this thing is not moving. It's not or twitching as much as it was a minute ago. Yeah, because it, it I, w- I imagine at the beginning when he picked it up, he's like I got to hold this thing's wings in so right. it doesn't fly right. away. But right. then he might have gone. You know, the pastor goes a couple minutes over. Right. That's right. <laughs> he's like maybe I think I, I think we lost our window. I think I, he squeezed the lungs a little too hard trying to just, yeah, oh, no. I agree. No, my, my theory is he picked the dead bird up out of the box and was like, I'm already in this deep. They know the dove is coming. The family has requested this. No. I got one move no and that is to throw it and hopefully it disappears. I throw it so high that it disappears from sight. And by the time the fort comes tumbling back to earth, oh, no. everyone will once again be looking at me and not know that it was dead. Like that's how good my arm is. And he just over trusted his arm like it did not leave the visual sight like this dude for then why i fly away and be oh, at rest <laughs> like this dude for then why i fly away and be at rest <laughs> so that's uh and it just loops in six seconds it's perfection and there's no way he knows it's dead. I, you can see in his hand, one of the wings is fluttering or something. I like. What do you, what do you think? Do you think I, I've watched the progression of like social media and I, I like am fascinated by the ones that like this one kind of rises and now this one falls and like this one's the king now and this one like they're all moving or like I think that war, not war, but like watching all of the sites develop, I think is, is fascinating. I just I think, you know, they killed Twitter, killed Vine. That, yeah. which was a brevity thing. And now Twitter is swelling, you know, they're in financial, you know, dire straits, you know, as, as much as it's in the news with the president and everything, it hasn't figured out a way to really make money. And yeah. so, you know, they're trying to, they're grasping at straws right now. I mean, it, I, I just don't think this is what people want from the platform. To be honest with you, they're trying to just turn it into Facebook. I don't know. I don't like it. Do you think this is like a last, like this is our last ditch to save it? Yeah, I do. I think it is. I mean, they're trying other stuff with the live streaming of football games and things like that, trying to, but it's just almost like they're just throwing noodles on the wall right now. You know, it's just like, uh, it's a sad thing to see. All right. Well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned up next. Andy Minio joins us. To our next guest, it's Andy Minio in Words Played. The song is Dunk Contest. Magic Bird is from their new EP, Magic and Bird. This week's feature interview is brought to you by Blue Apron. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Blue Apron achieves it by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. 
Uh, Blue Apron ships the exact amount of each ingredient required for a recipe, and they're reducing food waste. And and it's cost-effective. Those who spend a lot on restaurants or at high-end grocery chains can now spend under $10 a person for a delicious meal with high-quality ingredients. Some of the featured upcoming Blue Apron meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis with uh, Calabrian chili mayonnaise and caprese salad. Uh, they uh, soy glazed pork and rice cakes with bok choy and marinated green beans, skillet vegetable chili with cornmeal and cheddar drop biscuits, mm. and even garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad and roasted purple tomatoes. I'm telling you. Cameron, can I tell you something about Blue Apron? Please tell me. Uh, you know, you know me. People know my, my cooking, exp- you know, my dietary habits. The anticipation and excitement in my house right now. I have a calendar right now and it has September 29th on it right now. I'm getting updates from Blue Apron on my meals that are on the way. Can I tell you what's coming right now that I'm like our family's already put, we were going to go out Friday night. Okay. Because Friday night, that's what you do. Go out to dinner. Can I tell you what we have coming that, like I said, the, the excitement, the anticipation in my house is through the roof right now. I'm looking at a link of what's in the mail. Spiced rub steaks, with basmati rice. I don't even know what kind of rice that is, but it sounds unbelievable. Basmati rice. Okay, hold on. Summer squash, figs, some kind of garlic sauce. Okay, that's the thing. Let me tell you this, too. Let me tell you this, too. You guys are are clowning me right now. Let me tell you this. Not only am I getting that, if you order the family plan, which which Dane and I uh, are getting and we're stoked about, ginger chicken burger. So there's steak and chicken burgers in the same meal. Cancel our plans Friday night. It's Blue Apron night at the house. Pretty stoked about this. Awesome. For a limited time, it started on September 4th. Blue Apron's going to be delivering recipes inspired by the winning dishes on MasterChef. You can tune in to MasterChef on Fox every Wednesday at 8, 7 central. I do. I actually DVR MasterChef. And uh, and then um, starting back on August 24th, you can visit Blue Apron every Thursday to see and select the winning recipes to cook in your own home. Visit blueapron.com slash relevant to get your first three meals for free. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Rapper Andy Minio recently released a new mixtape with words played called Magic and Bird, which is somewhat of a playful thematic departure for the artist. Uh, when we talked to Andy, uh, we, we talked about his actually his own very serious creative and spiritual crisis that led to him going in a more lighthearted direction with this album and uh, rediscover the fun side of making uh, new music. Uh, we have a feature with him in the new issue of Relevant. You should go check it out. You can get the, the issue at relevantmagazine.com. You can also yeah. get it at all the Barnes & Nobles nationwide. Um, here is part of our interview with Andy Minio. The first, the last, I got the moves like Jack. I'm cursed with swag, ain't nothing worse than that. That hurt, that tax, they try to take like half. Y'all TSA, get your hand up out of my bag. Look, my dad. All right, so Andy, I feel like the temptation for someone like you is to just go into the studio and record 100 versions of You Can't Stop Me. How do you balance your desire to do something fresh while also make sure you're giving fans uh, what they've responded to well in the past? There's a temptation sometimes uh, when you're creating to, if you see something that works, to keep poking at what works. Um, But I've never been about just trying to do what works. I've been about trying to authentically express how I feel and where I am, you know, and what I'm inspired by. And uh, I think the temptation as an artist, especially as an artist starts to get some age in the game um, and, you know, there's that... There's always like the the 
the excitement of what's new and what's next and what's around the corner that the temptation is to do what works and stop being brave creatively. Uh, because being brave, you know, it's like innovators. I feel, I feel like this. I wrote this when I was trying to write um, Uncomfortable. Because I had to write like a little sticky note on my notepad that said, uh, um, innovators are wrong until they're right. You know, like a Seth Golden quote. And then to say, like, don't be afraid to fail because, like, don't be afraid to try things and fail. Because I know you, you could go and try to make a bunch of You Can't Stop Me's and see that it worked and, you know, uh, but I don't, I don't want to lose that creative edge uh, for me. So there's been a lot of pressure around creating music for me lately is to, like, live up to the heights to live up to the expectations. Uh, so that's a real internal wrestle I have, so... Actually, this Magic and Bird project is a was literally a creative and fun outlet for me in the middle of making my actual album. So last year, I started working on my new album. I went out to the Pacific Northwest and uh, rented uh, some Airbnbs out in the Bainbridge Island in Seattle. Just this beautiful island with great coffee and great view and scenery. And we rented a house for a week with lots of natural light and everything that I like. And we started cooking, and we got some really great songs done. Some of the best songs I've ever made in my life. And uh, it was really going to be an EP. And I came back to the label, and I showed the label, and the label was like, man, you should just make this an album, you know? So then I was like, all right. So I started to go back to work, and I started to get stuck creatively um, because the pressure to make a, you know, you drop an EP, you drop a mixtape, there's no pressure. You're just having fun. When you drop an album and you think about the budget that the label puts behind and the expectation for everything to perform well and is it going to be a better body of work than the last body of work and blah, 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 blah. So I started freaking myself out. Um, will I be able to live up to, to everything? And if this record doesn't go well, am I going to, you know, just just a lot of that struggling with finding my identity and my worth inside of my my art. And so, you know, my team started to notice that and uh, we, we tried to get back to making the creative process as fun as possible and as free as possible because that's actually where my best stuff happens, you know? And so uh, we brought this idea to the table, which was like, yo, what if we sidelined the album for a moment and we just took a few weeks to work on something really fun and creatively like exciting to me? So my buddy, Dell, who's part of my creative team for Minor League, uh, he brought this idea to the table of me and John. Uh, when we get together and we get in the studio, words played, uh, we just have such a, a, so much fun hanging out and have such a chemistry that he was like, yo, I got this idea. What if you and John did a, a short EP and you guys go back and forth and, you know, you make all those fun turn up records that you just natural that come natural to you when you have fun making. And uh, we make a really great low skip playlist for people to just work out, play basketball to have fun too and you get to spend you know a couple weeks hanging out with one of your best friends and some producers and so we just died laughing over the concept we loved it all the uh you know john wordsplate is very talented comedian and when we get together we start clowning and start joking and we shoot these really funny uh you know skits and videos together and so the the opportunity to do that seemed so enticing to me i was like man let's just give it a try you know really low risk it just basically was a project of me and my friends getting together for three weeks in Atlanta and making some just trash turn up 
music. It's just great. So much fun. Boy, what time is it? Game time. What time is it? Game time. What time is it? Game time. Young boy, don't quit. One thing that you don't miss. So obviously, uh, anxiety, depression, uh, emotional, mental issues are, are very common. Yeah. What's not common is to talk about it. But that's something that you've done. You've you've opened up about some of the yeah. issues you've had with that. Uh, when did you first start to realize that uh, that the things you were experiencing weren't just you being in a bad mood, but there was actually a real uh, uh, scientific name for what you're experiencing? Well. You know, I don't think anybody would look at me and ever say, like, oh, that guy deals with anxiety or, you know, little seasons and bouts of depression just because I'm so uh, easygoing and confident and fun. So uh, it was actually, you know, it was a surprise to me that I was feeling it uh, as heavy as I was um, for the first time in my life. So basically what was happening was uh, it was in the, the cold of winter. You know, in New York, it gets dark at like 4 p.m., like pitch black dark in the winter and so you know it feels like there's no daylight and i'm like a the first thing i do in the morning i wake up and i open the windows as far as i can and i try to get as much sunlight i love natural light you know that's like my my zone and so it's super dark and kind of gloomy and depressing in new york uh for like a much like you know three-fourths of the day um i got a tour coming up uh, I've been working on music and it's just not coming out as great as I wanted it to be. Um, at that season of my life, uh, I was supposed to go out, like it was the first time I hadn't gone out on tour in like four or five years in the fall. Uh, I had a whole tour planned and, um, the whole thing fell through for a, a, a like a ton of reasons that were outside of my hands, but the whole tour fell through. And so I'm sitting home, you know, on Instagram and on social media and I'm watching, all of my other friends out killing it on tour. Uh, you know, my last record, Uncomfortable, I was really unhappy with it when I put it out. It wasn't where I wanted it to be. I didn't feel like it lived up to what I was capable of. But um, because of the management I had and the label demands to put out a new record, you know, I basically rushed to, to finish it. And um, it didn't get the, the TLC that it needed. And I felt like I lost a lot of steam and momentum when that record wasn't as great as I, I knew it could be. And, you know, from that point on, I just got super self-conscious about my art. I don't think I had ever really felt like I had taken an L. Like, I felt like I had continued to grow creatively and artistically. And that record was a felt like a failure to me. And so from that point onward, man, I really, um, I really became more self-conscious of my art and... What, my, what people think of me and a lot of that stuff. I started comparing myself to people and it was just a really funky headspace. And uh, I knew it was um, deeper than than just not feeling good because I had a moment where uh, I snapped and I felt like I was trapped inside of my head. I felt like I was going crazy and my heart rate was pumping through my chest and I was... It's the only way to describe it is I felt like I wanted to die. Like, that's the only way that you could really escape the, the terrible feeling of stress and anxiety. And, I, you know, it's not that I was suicidal and wanted to kill myself. It was just a, that feeling like the only way to make this crazy feeling go away was to, to die, you know? And that's when I knew something was wrong. 
uh, and it sucked because the next day I had to leave to go do a show. I fly out and I do the show and I'm I'm with all my friends and uh, I had a moment where I realized, dang, you know, I don't really get to travel and be with my friends as much as I used to. And so that feeling of sadness started to overtake, overtake me about not being with them a lot. Even though I was with them then, it was a reminder of how I don't get to be with them a lot. I came home and I had uh, the next morning and my wife had breakfast made and we sat down at breakfast and out of nowhere, I just start crying. And I can't stop. And I'm like trying to hold back. It just really weird things were happening. I was like, why am I crying? I don't even understand it. And, uh, you know, so I started doing some research on it and just finding out like the way your body deals with stress sometimes is to cry, is to let out um, that stuff so that you can, you know, deal with all the things that are going on internally. It's a body's natural coping mechanism. Um, Just felt anxious and stressed and we would have friends over and in the middle of all of us hanging out I would feel like I would slip inside to my head and be almost like a a fly on the wall watching everybody in the room but wasn't really like even attached or present to where I was at the time. It was just one of the scariest, craziest um, three, four days I've ever felt and um, you know, I, I think through that I realized a lot of things like my personal health and my emotional health and my spiritual health um, need needed uh, an immunity boost, you know, like a recharge. Because you don't realize that if you just go day by day neglecting little important things, that starts to become the trend of your life, and it, it compounds, it builds up over time. And you know, you don't you don't spend time with those friends, you always neglect them. So all of a sudden a year passes and you know you haven't talked to your best friend and when you need him you know it's like an awkward thing you go day after day after day of not spending time in prayer or time with God and it just starts to add up and all of a sudden you feel like you're miles away from him same thing with your physical health all those things and I just realized man I can't I can't live in a way that neglects people or myself or God anymore in the pursuit of this Career or this uh, thing I'm trying to do. I'm in the pocket like Brady. Magic and bread like the 80s. Kobe, I might put up Eddie. Look on these Jesus can save me. I know the way, I know the way. Look, ain't nothing to say to me. I'm about to break, I'm about to break. Uh, somebody can pray for me. I got this great in me. I got to get it because that's what I made to be. I cannot focus, man. I got the ADD. I'm getting bigger. Just look how she played in me. Uh, don't get lost in the sauce. That was Andy Minio. Go check out his new album, Magic and Bird. Stay tuned. Up next, Expert Advice with Deb Florida. Listening to, for the first time ever on the podcast, Maroon 5 uh, with the song What Lovers Do. It's featuring SZA, which is perfect for this segment that's coming up next. <laughs> hey, are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Finding great talent can be tough. Believe me, I know. <laughs> Look who he's stuck with. 
<laughs> people that are eating him out of house and home. He's got to do a podcast with me every week. Yeah, I mean, if anyone knows how tough it is to find good people. I've been working for Cameron for 12 years. He hasn't been able to find a replacement. Money. It's tough out there, people. <laughs> Thankfully, with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to more than 100 job sites with just one click. And then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. And in fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just 24 hours. And I can vouch for that. Uh, I've posted positions on ZipRecruiter and uh, dozens of candidates uh, that are a good fit immediately show up. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, relevant podcast listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash relevant. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash relevant. One more time to try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash relevant. So we're starting a new segment this week. We have grand plans for it. It's called Expert Advice. And we're, we're going to ask smart people to come on the show and answer your pressing questions on a variety of topics and issues. This week, author, blogger, speaker, and licensed professional counselor Deb Folletta joins us, uh, along with blogging at truelovedates.com. She's also a popular contributor at relevantmagazine.com and the author of the upcoming book, Choosing Marriage. Welcome to the show, Deb. Thanks, guys. It's good to be here. So we had grand plans for this segment. And we told everybody at the beginning of the show that live call-in interactive segment, you guys were tweeting us your relationship questions. And we were we handpicked a few of you to come onto the show. And a little behind the curtain, like we were bemoaning earlier in the recording, more tech issues. The line that killed off Tyler Huckabee also killed off all the call-in people. Uh, this is what happens when you try to record out of a kid's playroom. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are doing the second best thing. Uh, Jesse is going to, in the voice of the asker, uh, <laughs> going to ask the Great. question that was sent in. And then I think we might even cap it off with a couple of John Christ exclusives. So that's um, right. Uh, Jesse, take it away. Okay, and I should preface this that I'm assuming everyone that has questions is male and British because that's the only <laughs> fake voice I that's can do. That's the only voice you can do, yeah. <laughs> Silvio asks... <laughs> Seriously, the person's name is Silvio? Silvio asks... What so, do you do when you love someone who lives overseas? That was a that was like a <laughs> conflation of like seven accents, and it was pretty impressive. That was pretty <laughs> but either way, Silvio uh, Deb wants to know the, uh, uh, there's the love of his life is overseas. What should he do to foster this 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 love without letting it fizzle because of distance? Yeah, that's a tough question. Well, you know, John and I, my husband, John, um, we were long distance um, for the majority of our dating relationship. Um, basically, like two weeks before we got married, he came and stayed with my family for two weeks. But that was like the longest stretch of uninterrupted time we'd spent together. So long distance relationships can be done. But they definitely take work, time, investment. And I always say you, you've you got to make it a point to bring relationships into real life. So if you're going to invest in a long term relationship in a long distance relationship, I think it's really important to also realize it's going to be an investment of a lot of emotional energy to communicate and make it a point and a priority, but also a financial investment because you're going to have to buy plane tickets and make it a point to see each other regularly so that your relationship can progress into something significant. I have a tip. 
uh, Jesse. This re- this okay. is a this is a real life example. Okay. We we have a long distance relationship. That's right, we do. And oh, yeah. uh, literally two days ago, I bought a robot for Jesse. Uh, he <laughs> there's this true. robot where the head is an iPad, and Jesse will be able to Skype his face in mm-hmm. and control the robot from Virginia and roll it around the office, so he can just sidle up and talk to us. Uh, I think Arrested Development had this robot. This is a real robot, yeah. a surrogate, a surrogate, a robot surrogate. I literally bought it two days ago. It's being shipped right now. <laughs> wow. Our, our new office, uh, Jesse. This is how we're doing our long distance relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, "Invest in it." I invested in a robot. Yep. Exactly. Can the robot hug? <laughs> and, uh, it's kind of like a long <laughs> stick with two wheels on the bottom uh, with an iPad head. You can get around it. You'll figure out a way. We we did, Jesse, we were talking about how we need to kind of dress it up, give it a personality, yeah. like it could wear different, you know, attire. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For different Dem, I'm glad you asked that question because I've actually, Cameron, surprise, happy, uh, merry early Christmas. I've been fabricating arms for this robot so that I can give many <laughs> so people good. in the office hugs. It's, so good. <laughs> people probably think I'm kidding. I really did buy a Jesse robot. Yeah, and, it's uh, true. We, talk, we actually talked a lot about it. Yeah. yeah we're going to have to see pictures of this one. John, Chris, you're on the road a lot. Do you have any advice? Uh, for Sergio, I, I mean, I do. I do relationships exclusively long distance. I don't know why people are like. I don't. I don't know who's advocating for these in person relationships because if you can like text. <laughs> Like I'm the man on the internet, you know what I'm saying? I can like put my best face forward. And if you send me a text, I can think of a witty response. Give me like a minute, minute and a half. Like I got nothing in person. I got, I fall apart. The great thing, Silvio, I don't know anything about, (laughs) I don't know anything about Silvio other than he's in a relationship with someone overseas. But the the strategy for all of these things is great, especially if Silvio ends up ever going to prison. Uh, I don't think he's thinking about that, but that could work too. They can sustain a relationship through a robot. So yeah, a lot of bases covered. It also seems like from the voice that he was depicted in that he is, might need uh, some scraps of bread off your table if you got a second. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Jesse, uh, what's the next question? This is from <laughs> Lig, uh, L-I-J. I don't know nothing about Lig, but uh, they have a problem in their household. Wait, wait, when does a J make a guh sound? Uh, you said whatever voice, and this is one okay, that doesn't know how to pronounce. Lig? <laughs> Lig? <laughs> In the Lish household, uh, um, they they can't decide uh, what TV show. It's a husband and wife who can't decide how to get the other one to watch the TV shows they want to watch. Um, So how do you come up with a compromise? Because I can look on the surface this sounds like a, a very superficial problem but the couples these days spend a lot of time hanging out watching TV together if one of them isn't enjoying the show that's a lot of real miserable hours Deb what's your advice for trying to come up with some sort of compromise where they can talk each other into watching shows that the other one wants to watch that's good and you know it's funny the truth is in marriage a lot of times it's the little things, not the big things that end up causing rifts and end up like causing issues and tension. It's like the day to day things. And so um, on the surface, it seems a little silly or superficial, but this is this could actually be an issue. And the thing is, when you go into marriage, you have two different personalities, two different tastes, two different interests, two different lifestyles. And and a lot of times you're taking these two different people and turning them into one. And, and that can be tricky. So when it comes to something like this, I would just advocate for the simple preschool rule of taking turns mm. and use it as an opportunity to get to know your partner and get to know them better and, and figure out the things that they like. 
Um, I think you should always make it a goal to start to enjoy what your partner, what your spouse enjoys and start integrating those things into your life, you know? Um, and my husband and I do that on a regular basis. Like there's some movies that I'm just like, no, this is not for me. Yeah. Um, and same with him with the things I like to watch, but we've learned a lot about each other along the way. We're going to need examples. <laughs> We're gonna need specific examples. Super, you know, he likes superhero movies. I'm just really not into those kind of things. I'm like, I'm the serious one. He's like the laid back funny one. So you can imagine the difference. I like depressing dramas and he likes hilarious, funny, like break from reality kind of things. So we've really had to, to take turns and also find things down the middle that we both enjoy. And watch together. Speaking of down the middle, I, I kind of go the Solomon route on this. I kind of say like uh, <laughs> you, uh, the way you do, the way you find a middle ground is neither of you can have a show that you like. You both have to watch <laughs> shows that you both dislike. <laughs> it's <laughs> only HGTV and the Fast and the Furious movies. <laughs> I, I was going to say when you said the Solomon route, I was thinking you cut him right down the middle. So in Deb's scenario, you watch the first half of a <laughs> you superhero movie <laughs> and the second half of your more serious one. <laughs> I'm kind of freaking that's out a good. little bit here because I feel like all of my advice is the exact opposite of hers. And I think that's why I'm single. <laughs> we can call this segment, choose your own advice. And, and then they can just that's choose right. whichever advice they want to take. I had Last week I had an Instagram story cause I play softball and uh, I, I go, guys, you got to stop bringing your girl to intramural softball, like <laughs> rec league church. Like she does like I play golf a lot. And sometimes a guy will bring his wife or girlfriend. He's like, she doesn't. It's four and a half hours. She doesn't want to <laughs> be there. It's not. And I see these women are like, I don't want to be here. So I just say when you just go do your thing alone and then you can come back and talk about it together. But that's probably yeah. terrible advice. <laughs> go have you're saying go have your own experiences to give yourself something to talk about when you're together. That's she what you're saying. Like it's like it's, it, that's like if my girlfriend is like, "Hey, do you want to come to like brunch and like me and my girlfriends? You can't talk or eat, but just watch <laughs> us." You're like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> this is why you're good at long distance relationships, John. Yeah. Exactly. Just tweet. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll say the other the other piece of advice I wouldn't give is because I've experienced too many times in another setting, which is you know don't fall into the temptation of like both pull up a laptop, put earbuds, and sit next to each other and watch different shows because inevitably oh, yeah. what happens is what happens on an airplane. As soon as you turn something on, you're way more interested in what the, your seatmate is watching. And inst it's instant regret. Like, I've never <laughs> should have watched this movie. Whatever they're watching looks really great. And you can't switch it over to what they're watching because that's just awkward. Because then they knew that you've been watching them. So, Deb, I think your advice is the way to go. I think here. it is, too. All right, what's the next question, Jesse? Okay, so, uh, Ben, this, uh, this is a real serious dilemma. Uh, uh, he wants to know, how do you tell someone, I'm presuming it's Ben's wife, he doesn't specify, but how do you tell someone that they, that the, the, at the thought of having children actually gives him night terrors? He's so afraid of having kids one day <laughs> wow. that he's waking up in the night freaking out about it, but he hasn't told what I'm presuming is his wife about this problem. Yeah. What's your advice well, it could for him? Be. It could be his wife, it could be his girl friend maybe his fiance and they're thinking ahead of like the, the prospect of getting married and you know the hard conversations that you have to have I it's a bummer because a lot of times in the Christian culture I think we are just wired to get married and there's so many hard conversations that we're not having along the way that we need to have 
um, because no one's even telling us that these are hard topics that come up. Um, so like, it, let's say in this situation, this is coming up post marriage, you know, like this is a good conversation to have before you get married. Make sure you're on the same page when it comes to having kids. And the truth is, who is really ready for children? I mean, I think it's almost like I kind of see having kids as you're standing at the edge of a cliff and you've got to like jump. So you're either going to jump and you're going to be terrified or someone's going to just have to push you. You know, it's one of those really hard decisions. And I think for a guy like him, this is something that, you know, whatever, whatever deep seated fears that he's struggling with, we don't know what is background, his family of origin issues, maybe this is something that I would recommend working with a professional counselor and seeing if there's some deep-seated issues behind this. And this is definitely a conversation to have with the fiance if you're thinking about getting married or his wife. Oh, I don't have any pithy bad advice to add to that. That's actually really good. <laughs> I mean, I've seen kids, so I understand the terror. <laughs> You've seen kids. Yeah, it's not easy. It's true. It is not yeah. easy. I can't speak to the kid aspect of his question, but you're talking to a guy who's intimately familiar with night terrors. And let me say that. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, really cut back on your amount of time you're sleeping. You know, try to do a lot in the day because I'm talking full out screaming. I mean, real, real, real deal night terrors. Nothing to do with children. I don't know what to tell you there, pal. But uh, probably listen to Deb on that one. But uh, don't eat spicy food before bed. I found yeah. that helps. Yeah. Um, so we've covered we've covered a couple from our listeners, but yeah. John, you know, you, when when we talked about this segment, you also said you might have a couple of questions for Deb. Do you want to use this opportunity to ask your questions? And listen, you can ask Cameron or I too. Yeah. But Deb is De- Deb is here for most all of, of my your answers uh, revolve around purchasing robots. But other than that. <laughs> I mean, okay. So first question, Deb. Let's say uh, my favorite artist is coming to town nine months away. Okay. I buy two. I have two tickets, and I don't have a date. What it? What? What? What should I do between now and the nine months to secure a date? And if I didn't have one, am I a failure? And this may or may not have have happened to Cameron, and he mentioned it on this very podcast. Because wow. at first, I want to hear your solution, Deb, and then we'll tell you what Cameron really did. You have nine months to get a date. That's that's a good amount of time. That's it is a good amount of time. Very that's curious. An insignificant. That's like almost a year. You would think that's the case. Here's my real question. Here's my here's yeah. my le- legitimate question. Uh, Let's say again. This sounds very immature for my age, but this is the, this is the land I live in. Let's say I meet a girl out somewhere. Let's say at a at a party or at volleyball or at church or whatever. When is it too soon to hit her with the Instagram follow? Because like you, <laughs> I don't want to do you it. You don't be stalker, but yeah. I don't want to wait three days. No, to no. follow her. Yeah, I'm curious when, when Deb I, has to when say. When do I hit the cut? And but you, I, me and my roommate were talking. I was like, well, I don't want to. It was like, but then it was like two in the morning, well, and I was, was like, well, it, I can't follow her now. No, no, you can't. I have a question. So when you met her, you guys kind of clicked. You know, she's cool, whatever. But you didn't like ask her number or anything. This is just literally like we met. I know your name, and then like later, like, oh yeah, I meant to follow you. Sort of, you connect online, sort of thing. But yeah, you didn't yeah, get her number or anything. You don't yeah. ask for a phone number. You just ask somebody else like what her last name is. Yeah, so you yeah, can yeah. look her up on the internet. Right, you right, get right. It. Yeah. Okay, right, right. And then you'll end up talking on Instagram and stuff like yeah, that. And then yeah. eventually yeah. it'll turn into a number. Okay, I got you. So you're asking, yeah. Deb, how quickly is it not creepy to then follow her even though you only just met and have her first name? Yeah. yeah, and it could be anywhere on the internet. Do you like Facebook friend the person immediately when you get home? What would, what would you do? 
You know, I think the average girl would tell you that the faster you make your intentions known, the better. So you get, you can even be talking to her right there and follow her in that moment on Instagram. And I don't think she's going to mind when it comes to that kind of thing. Like social media is is, social media is almost like the safe wall that people like to hide behind these days. I think it's different if, you know, you're like asking her out immediately. You don't really know her. That might send weird vibes to somebody. But these days following you on Instagram Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat. I don't think that, you know, the sooner the better. Yeah. You just do it. You make your intentions known. physically follow her back to the car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might cause some issues. I, okay, this, but, but I do agree with you, John, that you shouldn't have done it at 2 a.m. Like, I think you need yeah, to be right. doing normal waking hours, not like creepy midnight stuff. Hey, yeah. but if, if you're awake at 2 a.m., if, if that's who you are, though, don't you want her to know you're the kind of guy who's browsing Instagram at 2 a.m.? Just be yourself, John. Oh, wow. Thank you. This is the best <laughs> advice I've heard all day. Just be yourself. Yeah. Okay. This, this, is, actually, this is actually a serious, a serious question. Okay. Let's say you meet a girl, you're chatting, you get her phone number, you're texting, maybe you've gone you've met somewhere you've met for at what point is a breakup slash I don't want to do this anymore slash you're not, I'm not interested conversation necessary. Like I would, for me, if I was like texting with a girl and then she stops responding, doesn't answer my calls. I get it. I'm like, okay, she's not interested, but women are apparently not that way. Uh Uh-huh. So this is a frequent problem. So this is someone that you haven't actually went on a date with. This is just like you've been chit-chatting, texting, that kind of thing. The kids call it talking. Yeah, the kids call it talking. Let's say we've gone. Let's say we've gone out to coffee twice. Got it. And you're you're just like you decide you you feel like this isn't going anywhere on your side. Yeah, well, I just I like I'm not into it for whatever reason. Do I? Is it a conversation that needs to be had or no? Well, I think it depends on the amount of time and the commitment level. Like if you've been just talking to this one girl and you're like honing in on her for a couple weeks and then all of a sudden you're like, this isn't working. I think it's important to explain like, hey, it's been really great getting to know you. I just don't feel like this can this isn't the right fit for me and just be open about it. Because honestly, from what I'm hearing from Christian singles, there is a lot of hurt that's happening um, because of the, the lack of communication. And it's not even the, the, the I'm not into this anymore that's hurtful. It's the all of a sudden, like, this person just disappears. And that leaves yeah. more questions in someone's mind than just being blunt and telling them what's going on. And do not use the God excuse, you know? Like, oh, yeah, God, this is just, I just feel like God is telling me this isn't the right thing. Um, God is calling me to whatever. Because a lot of times that ends up putting a wedge between people and God, you know, when we blame God for our relationship issues. So that's what not to do. John, I can tell you what I do to avoid that awkward situation is this. I avoid it altogether. I don't talk to anybody. <laughs> yep. and I just sit at home every night and watch HGTV marathons. <laughs> yeah. With your robot. <laughs> with my robot. And Jesse, I'm, I'm cracking jokes with Jesse and we're watching HGTV together. Yeah. So. I, I'll say, I'll say this, John, you know, I had, I'm a non-confrontational type of person and I used to just, you know, change my phone number. Um, but I'll tell you what works for me. How what works for me is burner phones. You can purchase them cheap. Oh, there you go. You can purchase them cheap. 
uh, when you're done, you still right in the garbage and out the of pro- sight. Out of the, Jesse, the problem that I found with those though is when you're carrying on conversations with four or five different people, you got to carry around all it's those confusing. phones. It's, it's confusing. It's bulky in the pocket. I have you know, a lot of shady phones. business dealings that require multiple yeah. burner phones, so I'm, yeah. I can keep up with it pretty well. But you know, I you know, it's someone I raced home from the volleyball game. I Instagram them immediately. Children give me night terrors. Great game, and it just didn't work out. I understand. So <laughs> I I could sit here all day, Deb. You need to have a podcast, like I. I, you have great advice and well, I would listen to you. you uh, that's so awesome. Helping people through their problems. I would listen to that. Uh, Absolutely. That's amazing. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for uh, being part of the debut segment of uh, expert advice. We have a high threshold now uh, that we have to maintain. Uh, this is a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Deb. Thanks, Deb. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Remember, you can check out uh, Deb at truelovedates.com and her uh, new book is coming out soon. It's called Choosing Marriage. Stay tuned. Up next, your feedback. Listening to Knox Fortune, the song is 24 hours, which is how long it's taken us to record this podcast. Well, it's time for your feedback. Um, last week, we got talking about, what was the example about this science science thing? What was the study they were doing? Yeah, so it was it was it was Nobel Prize awards for science exper- science experiments that figure out just preposterous things. No, 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 the ignoble yeah. ignoble awards. That's right. It was the opposite of the Nobel Prize. It was uh, it was all the like the random actual scientific experiments that scientists have committed time and money to uh, solving questions that really nobody had. Uh, so we we asked you for the question of the week last week. What other trivial questions should scientists tackle? Next, you guys hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcasts. You also post it on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Here are a few of our favorites. <laughs> Lindsay asks, uh, can a two-year-old photosynthesize? Because based on their hatred of food and sleep, there is no way that they can have that much energy. I think she has, a, I think she might have like a super, a cool superhero kid. On her <laughs> <head there. laughs> it's a cool, a cool superhero kid. Funny. This, okay, we've talked about this before with the whole Sinbad genie movie. Right. Um, Chuck wants to know the whole Bernstein, Bernstein bears thing. John, you're familiar with Bernstein bears, right? Get out of here, of course. Okay, how do you spell, what are the, how do you spell a Bernstein? It's particularly well, the last five letters of that word. I thought it was Berenstein, and it's S-T-E-I-N. It's actually a-N, but A-I- everyone's A-I-N. collective... A-I-N. Yeah, like, A-I-N. Like the so it's actually stain. the Baron Stain Bears. Yeah. Uh, but uh. everyone has this collective false memory that uh, it's spelled with an E-I-N. Uh, so a user wants to... She wants scientists to, to, to break that one. I think that's... You know, those are the type of things that keep me up at night because there's no way... It's okay. Also this, John. Have you ever seen a genie movie that starred Sinbad? Uh, I know the one you're talking about. I never seen it. No. What are you talking Here's about? The, like the Kazam one or whatever? What was it called? Here's the That's thing. The that movie of? never existed. Yeah. 
Aladdin. That, that it's a collective false memory. Sinbad has never made a genie movie, even though there are like thousands of people on the internet that have insist that they have seen this movie, that it came around the same time as Shaq's movie. So th- this person wants a scientist to figure out this collective false memory thing. Uh, I'm, you know, obviously I think something fishy is going on. Multiple conspiracies at once. This is time. like Mythbusters. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a yeah, it's a totally Mythbusters thing. And finally, uh, uh, Cameron, uh, we got a lot of feedback about the Spirit Bear discussion. Oh my gosh, I feel um, so bad for Derek Webb. Uh, <laughs> I haven't I haven't <laughs> spoken to Derek Webb. I haven't either. Well, he, he hasn't spoken to me intentionally. I'm sure. Uh, John, last week on the show, Derek was on, and he has a new single. It's his first single in five years, and and it was uh, the song is "The Spirit Bears the Curse." And uh, we, as I was trying to intro his segment. Oh, talked hilarious. for 15 minutes about the punctuation, the spirit bears colon, the colon curse, the curse is a totally, <laughs> it's a soundtrack <laughs> for a movie about these terrifying care bear like creatures that are now ghost spirit bears that haunt Nashville. And it's uh, the origin story, the spirit bears, the curse and Derek. And anyway, it went on for quite a while and uh, Twitter uh, would, when latched onto it so i felt yeah, really he bad could, for he, why, he's why is he complaining that, that's a blockbuster his his song could be the soundtrack yeah i know that's what i was saying <laughs> we gave him a whole franchise right there and yeah <sighs> anyway i feel bad because like i don't even know if derek listened to the show and and it looks if you look on twitter it looks like we were making fun of him and we were not making fun of him um but i feel bad but derek has blocked us and so uh you know, <laughs> if somebody could get word to derek point. webb for us that uh we were not making fun of him that would be really great. Yeah. Okay. PC Walker says, I think science is still trying to figure out uh, how to uh, figure out to fold a fitted sheet. Uh, this. Okay. I'm going to figure this one out for you. Just ball it up and throw it in the hamper. <laughs> I, like, I jam watched, it in the back of the closet because you can't there. You can't fold a fitted I sheet. Watched, I watched no a YouTube point. video once about it. It is possible because I saw it happen like magic on the video cannot replicate it to save my life. I can watch a Gordon Ramsay video on how to cook a perfect steak in five minutes and replicate right. it. I cannot replicate this fitted sheet thing. I'm watching it step by step, pausing it. I can't do it. I agree okay, with you, well, Jesse. I got a very simple question. Why would you... I have one, and I have one bed, and I take <laughs> it off and I wash it and put it back. Why would you ever fold a fitted sheet? A lot of people will have another set while you know they 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 take it off and then they do laundry for a couple of days. They would put the clean one on and then just Fake next news, week dude. rotate it back. Fake news. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to blow both of your minds right now. I don't even use sheets. Okay, the mattress is the mattress is fabric. Okay, I'm not sleeping on a sandpaper mattress. It's no big deal. Everyone just needs to get over the sheet thing. Okay, well that'll do it for last week's feedback. There's actually quite a bit more if you go check out the website. Uh, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. Well, clearly, uh, backing on the ask the expert Deb Valletta segment where she brought such great advice and uh, John talking about ghosting on all these girls that he texts with. Okay. That's we sad. thought we would <laughs> want to know. Coffees. Hey, John, me, hey, do talk here. Two coffee dates. You're fine, dude. They're good. They're <laughs> loud and clear. Thank Message sent loud and clear. I, if we want to know your uh, most memorable slash horrible breakup stories. Like for example, were you ever like in a texting relationship with a Christian celebrity and then it was going well and then all of a sudden he changed his number and you don't know what you did? You know, that kind of stuff. That's what we want to know. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, hit us up on uh, Twitter at Relevant Podcast or you could post your more in-depth 
uh, hurtful stories on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Look, it's not John's fault. It's coffee, okay? I have I could have coffee with my neighbor. He's not going to get the wrong idea here. It's not John. Right. You're fine on this one, man. John, when you don't when you don't have a clean break and say have to confront it, do you just kind of limp along like in four months from now? She might still send you a text, and or you might, and then you just kind of like it just naturally. You hope it just resolves that way or uh, no okay well the, the this is the only reason this conversation came up is because i'm not going to tell you her name but we were chatting it was going well and then uh, like i you know then the text would be like the next morning oh hey sorry i wasn't around my phone sorry i missed you then it was getting delayed and delayed and then i called her and then i left a voicemail and then no response and no and so for me i was like I am picking up these signals here. I get what's happening. You're not interested. I've made my side clear. I would rather not have a conversation. Hey, John, I just want to let you know, I appreciate your calls and texts. I'm not interested in you. I don't need that call. I I get it. Right. Yeah. Right. Because right after that happened, you saw that Kate Upton had been had started dating Jason Verlander. And you're and just I like, like, OK, oh, I get it. Loud okay, and clear. That makes sense. That's she was talking to him. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> OK, yeah. so there you go. So uh, that'll be next week's question of the week. Hey, many thanks to this week's sponsors for making this episode possible. Remember, you can go to the tracker dot com. That's T-R-A-C-K-R dot com. Enter promo code relevant to get 20 percent off any uh, tracker pixel order. Also, thanks to Blue Apron. Um, you can visit blueapron.com slash relevant to get your first three meals for free. And thanks also to ZipRecruiter. You can go to ziprecruiter.com slash relevant to post jobs for free today. Thanks also to our guests, Andy Minio. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Andy Minio. His album Magic and Bird is out now. And thanks also to Deb Folletta. Jesse, get on this. I really think there needs to be a Deb Folletta podcast somewhere. Yeah, I agree. The, let's totally relevant podcast that. network. We've got a bunch of new shows coming up this fall. Uh, we need to talk Deb into that. That was good. Hey, and thanks also to John for sitting in. Uh, one John Chris is better than two Tyler Huckabees any day of the week. Oh. So, <laughs> oh, <snap. laughs> John, uh, what's going on next? You're going on tour tomorrow, 45 days. Uh, people can go to johnbchris.com or johnchris.com. Uh, cool, dude. Not even close. Johnchriscomedy.com. <laughs> hey, you're like John B. Chris on one of them, aren't you? Yeah, I think on all the social media, I'm John B. Chris. There, you got it. Yeah, yeah not even close. No. Johnchriscomedy.com. I think we got uh, out of the, all the dates about uh, maybe four fifths of them. Almost all of them are sold out. We still have Sugarland, Longview, Texas, Bentonville, Arkansas. Washington, D.C., Coleman, Alabama, and Louisville, Kentucky. So if you're in any of those cities, we'd love to see you. Wow. And all that, that is uh, Bentonville to D.C. I mean, you're going the whole gamut here. We, I was like, hey, where are the Christians? We're going there. <laughs> well, it ain't D.C. That's why you're not sold out. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Good point. They're like, yeah, we're not. We're, not, we're good with this. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll go check out johnchriscomedy.com for all the info. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm John Christ. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Hopefully from our new studios, no tech problems. Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from the Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. 
And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. You're talking to a guy who's intimately familiar with night terrors.